This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, Ryan the Boy, and Cam Berry, and we are so excited to keep the show moving forward here on this Wednesday. Had a lot of great phone calls so far talking about Auburn football. Another big game coming up this weekend, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, Auburn and Georgia. We've also got more NFL action this weekend as well, including a Thursday night game tomorrow between the Colts and Broncos. As we do each and every week, we're now thrilled to chat with our good buddy Joe Bartle from Rotowire, who joins us now on the program. Joe, thanks for the time as always. How's your week been? That's all right. I have a bit of Johnson Taylor, though, which is disappointing to me. Uh, but we'll have to make it through. Hopefully the high ankle sprain will be one that he can come back from uh, relatively quick. We figured you'd be occupied celebrating the Braves winning yet another National League Eastern Division title last night with us. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that would be a celebration for me, more so that the Brewers just continue to choke and that they uh, <laughs> have no clue how to actually win games against bad teams like the Marlins. No, I, kudos to you guys for having a good team that's fun to support. I don't know what that's like for baseball. <laughs> Was the Mets collapse fun for you to watch with no ties again to this division? No. <laughs> I don't really care enough about uh, – and at least baseball to say yes. That's fair. Baseball. I guess I anytime the big markets can struggle, I will always be for that. So whether it's the Braves beating the Mets or I don't know, like the Washington Wizards beating the the, the Celtics, I will always be more supportive of that. Um, but it, it's one of those things where once the Brewers continue to struggle, then I was like, all right, well, baseball just stinks altogether. I'm done with it. Uh, and unfortunately, they teased me along to the point where I thought maybe we had a shot, and then. Uh, over this past weekend, that was the part that frustrated me. So at that point, you just throw your hands up and say, whatever, baseball doesn't matter to me anymore. It's not existent. It's all football uh, until NBA starts up and I can sell the bucks. <laughs> there you go. So, all right, let's talk fantasy football. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor is going to be out for the Colts this week. That's the Thursday night game, Colts and Broncos tomorrow. Uh, Naheem Hines up next. What does his projections look like going into tomorrow? Yeah, I wonder if it's Neem Hines or is it more Deion Jackson? And actually, I made a case on the Tuesday Rotoware podcast, which you can listen to uh, on any place that you have your podcast platforms, just Rotoware NFL podcast, that I wonder if it's Philip Lindsay. Uh, and I had joke, hey, revenge game Philip Lindsay against his former team, the Broncos. I don't know if that's the case. Philip Lindsay's on the Colts practice squad. I, more so, I don't believe Deion Jackson is going to get 10-plus carries. They've had him on the active roster from a special teams perspective. Uh, he's just done all special teams work. So I wonder if you call it Phil Lindsay to have him carry 10-plus times, and then Naheem Hines gets maybe a few more carries, say two or three, but is more active in the passing game. I don't know if that's enough to say let's go ahead and play Phil Lindsay overall or Deion Jackson. We'll probably get more clarity when it comes to Thursday. Uh, but it does make, I think, Naheem Hines at least a, a flexible kind of player uh, where you can, you can hope that you're getting 10 to 12 points just from a, a pure target-feeding perspective because you look at that, Colts roster. I mean, other than Michael Pittman, they really have nothing offensively. But Vegas has a scheme at over under 42 points, and I'm surprised. I would have thought the city would be lower once the Jonathan Taylor injury news came out and was uh, certainly wasn't playing. But I also wonder if the Broncos dealing with their running back situation with Johnson, Javante Williams out now this season could have impacted things too. I don't know. I, I I would be willing to say neither team scores many points and be favored to the under. But Vegas is pretty sharp with this stuff. I think it's 42 points. Maybe Hines and Pittman and the Colts can do something more than I would have anticipated. 
Let's get one more question on tomorrow's game and then open up to Sunday action. Tomorrow night again, Colts and Broncos. Our guest right now is Joe Bartle from Rotowire. Follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. These two teams both feature quarterbacks that are in their first years with their clubs. Russell Wilson with the Broncos, Matt Ryan with the Colts. How do you assess their play through the first four games of the season? Yeah, it's a good point. I guess I hadn't even thought about that part from this matchup. I know prior to last week, Geno Smith was outscoring uh, Russell Wilson in every major fantasy category, which I know zero people would have guessed at the beginning of the season. And that was more so that Geno Smith has played well, but I think it underscores the fact Russell Wilson just has not been sharp. I do believe he's going to get better. Like I think Russell Wilson, the talent, is going to find a way to be successful. But I do think Nathaniel Hackett is just a joke as the coach for the Broncos and is really impacting things. So somebody like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, who I both liked quite a bit this year, never really got enough shares of either. It might only be a situation where one could be effective. But now that Shabazzay Williams is out, I don't know how this uh, running back situation unfolds. Maybe it means Wilson does more. I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be kind of weird. And, and the flip side of things, Matt Ryan has just been dreadful. I did not anticipate that at all. I love Matt Ryan as like the – quarterback 18 through 22 range that has not worked whatsoever and you know the offensive line is the big part of this for the Colts why the fact that their top tier offensive line Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson those guys can't be more successful after multiple years of being one of the top O-line in the league it, it baffles me it, that's one of those things where as a fantasy analyst you go and projecting one thing and through four weeks it's very clear something else so that's that's what I'm seeing from the Colts side of things and uh looking forward to Sunday um the Falcons, they announced that, that Cordero Patterson was going to be moved to IR, so he's out for the next four weeks. Um, and the Falcons in the second half of uh, the game against the Browns, they really leaned on Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. Um, so now with, with guys that have Cordero Patterson on their fantasy roster, uh, would it be a good move for them to pick up Huntley or Algier, or do you think they should just look elsewhere? Yeah, and Avery Williams also got a little bit of work as well too yes. in that contest. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a frustrating endeavor. Um, obviously, Patterson was, I think he was top four overall fantasy running backs prior to the injury. It's difficult. I would imagine the Falcons use a running back by committee, and I think this match against the Buccaneers is going to be dreadful for that. There, there is no Cordell Patterson that the Falcons have in the roster. I don't think there's many in the league, to be frank, who can run and receive the way Patterson can. I would imagine Algier, and this is what I kind of projected from a prospect profile to enter the year, he's your bruiser, two down back, specifically in the red zone. Maybe Caleb Huntley gets more involved in the passing perspective, and maybe Avery Williams does too. I'm not sure. But Algier has the most defined role, at least in terms of fantasy, where, yes, he's getting the carries, you'd think, and also will be getting the goal line opportunities when and if those occur. Now, again, this matchup this weekend against the Buccaneers, I don't see many uh, red zone opportunities being available. But Algier's the one that's more valuable to me. Um, not to say that you can't roster Caleb Huntley, but it's more specifically in 12-team and 14-team leagues where if you're really scraping for that last roster spot, that's what I would choose to go to. Uh, sticking with the Falcons, uh, look at Kyle Pitts. Uh, a lot of mixed thoughts on him. Uh, obviously, he's not really done a whole lot. I've seen some people say sit him. I've seen some people say that you still got to play him. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on his season and his potential? Yeah, you say, look at Kyle Pitts, and I'm saying, where? I, I, yeah. I haven't seen him. Is he even on the field? Arthur Smith, what are you doing? I absolutely hate you. Um, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm like wholly invested in Kyle Pitts. That was one of those guys that uh, I had, I think, in six of my seven redraft leagues. I was completely committed to him as a third-round pick, and he has just been completely absent out there, uh, save for one week. It's, it's difficult. Like Guys like Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith and other tight ends that are nowhere near 
the talent of Kyle Pitts are getting force-fed the ball to the point where this is a question now that you have to legitimately ask, how long can I really keep Kyle Pitts in my lineup? Now, I would have thought the Buccaneers actually would be a good defense with Devontae David um, and Devin White as the linebackers, but they actually allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. You think if Cordell Patterson's out, what are they going to have to do offensively? Drake London probably gets involved, but maybe it's Kyle Pitts too. I just don't think they, they can run a lot. So this might be the, the answer that Patterson can be relied on less. As a default, they have to pass more. That's my only hope as somebody who's completely invested in Kyle Pitts. Um, I will say he didn't practice once with a hamstring injury. That's just one to note. Uh, that would be the, the cherry on top of this crap ice cream so far as if Kyle Pitts suddenly doesn't play this week after right. struggling through three-fourths of the season. Joe, with uh, with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, Jackson having this big start to the season, at least passing-wise, and, and then being more committed to passing despite uh, some turnover there with their receivers, how is that affecting the rest of their skill position players that they have passed a little bit more than they have in years past, and, and Lamar's p- putting up some big numbers? Yeah, everyone was convinced Mark Andrews was going to be this sure thing. He's been fine enough. He had that one big game, I think, week two, which has made him – uh, near the top of the tight end rankings right now. But it's been Devin DuVernay, the, the Texas guy from two years ago, uh, who's really excelled. And I've, I I tweeted this out last week during the Sunday games. He had only three or four catches for 60 yards. At this point, you were drafting DuVernay, if you drafted him, the very last pick or one of the last picks in your uh, 17 or 18-round drafts. Like, he just was not, he was not being valued. But he's clearly the number two receiver for the Ravens. Bateman is the number one and still doing – I think pretty well. I've been really happy with uh, Bateman in the few places I have been. But DeVernay has been quality flex or wide receiver three numbers for this entire season. It's about time that we commit to it. There's also the added benefit that he can actually get kickoff return touchdown points if, if you are in one of those leagues, which I'm a few of them. So I, I, I'm surprised. DeVernay has been uh, enough of an asset where you can't ignore him. And it's the point where, especially as we get to bye weeks next week, he will probably be a staple in a lot of people's fantasy lineups. Well, and since we're talking about the Ravens, let's talk about J.K. Dobbins. Uh, is is he? Do you think a guy that has now moved up to RB one, or is he still RB two? And then, just for sakes of, I'm sitting here looking at my stuff. He is now questionable this week. It says uh, he missed Wednesday's practice with a chest injury. Uh, your thoughts on J.K. Dobbins, and now with the uh, questionable status on him? Yeah, we'll have to see what that is. I think these Wednesday reports, even more so than past years, like during the COVID years. It's it's just a way for resting these players. So I, I I react more to the Thursday and obviously the Friday ones too when we get more information on that. So if somebody's out Wednesday, it doesn't really isn't a deal breaker to me. As somebody who's relying on Dobbins to replace Jonathan Taylor, boy, I'd be frustrated if Dobbins could not play. But we'll have to wait and see them out. I I was actually convinced last week uh, that we are back. That Do- Dobbins is completely back, uh, completely healthy. He is that RB one for the offense, which is really important because Lamar Jackson. He's so good at running and then opens up those opportunities. I thought the, the fluid movement and just attacking the hole, like we saw his rookie year, that was all back for Dobbins. And I, I'm convinced, like, if I was – I mean, I have Dobbins in a lot of places. But if I needed to go trade for him, uh, I'd be happy to do so in redraft leagues. I think he is going to be uh, among the RB1 uh, low-end RB2 – well, high-end RB2 numbers the rest of the season. Joe Bartles here with us from Roto-Wire. Follow him on Twitter at Sports. Let's quickly transition. You mentioned before joining us here today, you're finishing up a couple of fantasy basketball drafts. That's something else that Rotowire can specialize in. And here we are, uh, under two weeks away from the start of the upcoming NBA season. Uh, if if you've got, say, a top five pick in a fantasy basketball draft, who are the guys that you should be on the lookout for this season, Joe? 
Well, I mean, I gotta recommend my guy Giannis, right? I mean, that's that's the Bucks fan of me saying that. But I really think, um, so long as he's able to play and healthy, and you can never project that kind of stuff. So, Giannis is one of the top players for me. Jokic has been now for a while. Obviously, back-to-back MVPs will do that. The question you're gonna have to answer if you have a top five pick is, do you want to commit to James Harden? And I, I know it's crazy after watching uh, the last bit of the season with the 76ers and. And how off, like that wasn't James Harden that we know, but if you believe the weight loss thing is there and that he's more committed to his health and uh, that he's more committed to the 76ers overall, that's the guy that normally averages a like triple-double, right? Like the 22 points, you get close to 10 rebounds, obviously the assist there too, uh, even with Tyrese Maxey around. Like Harden is a possibility, a top-five pick that you wouldn't have guessed. Other ones, you know, Doncic, obviously, LeBron James too, if you believe the health. I think it's it's kind of like Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid, depending on what you believe in Joel Embiid's health will be, uh, that really round out that back end of the top five. I think there's the, the top three are locked in, Jokic, Giannis, and uh, Doncic, but it's that four, five, six range that really is kind of interesting in fantasy drafts right now. And Joe, when you're looking at uh, adding on here, when you're looking at those top guys, when you think of top players in the league, you know, a guy that comes up is a guy that's been injured a lot recently in Kawhi Leonard. How how much of a chasm between how good he is as a basketball player but how much fantasy value he has given that we just don't know how many games he's going to end up playing this year due to load management and, and all those magical things? Yeah, the Clippers really do choose to do a lot of load management, and it makes sense, right? The 82 NBA regular season, it's pretty long. The Clippers are going to be a team that you would project them to be a top four or five seed in the West by default, even if – Kawhi Leonard isn't able to play, so they're, they're going to be they're, they have higher aspirations. We have Kawhi Leonard ranked 22 among our fantasy players overall this season for the NBA, and I think that's about right. Like I, I obviously in leagues in which you can set your lineup daily, I think Kawhi Leonard has far more value than if you're setting your lineup week to week, which is the more standard version of things. So I think that's one of the disparities. Like when you are signing up for a fantasy basketball league, you want to make sure you're aware of the rules. Obviously, that's one of the bigger ones because baseball has that. You set them day to day. NBA does the same thing too, although it's not as popular. I, I like I like Leonard, obviously, as many people do, because he gives you those defensive categories. I think the steals in particular, and even the blocks as well, uh, that you can kind of mold the rest of your roster around you. So I'm going to give you one quick. I know we're running close to the break. I'm going to give you guys one quick sleeper, so you can write this one down. Elprin Sengun, the center for the Rockets, yeah. he's one of my favorite overall players. I think he's like right below the top 100 threshold right now in ESPN leagues. I think he is fantastic. I believe the Rockets are going to stink this year. He's going to get plenty of workload, and he is a fantastic passer already as a big man. You factor in the blocks, the rebounds, and the assist he gets. That guy is going to be exceeding his value right now. El Prince mark that down. You heard it here first. How can folks let Roto-Wire help them uh, dominate their fantasy basketball leagues, Joe? How can they do that? Yeah. You can get a 10 day free trial for the site by just going to rotowire.com slash free. Uh, check out everything there, and and just to you know see if it's of interest to you. We do the DFS stuff, which I know is hugely popular. It's one of our uh, most trafficked sites per, I'm sorry, page per day uh, when the NBA season comes around. Our DFS model has been great, uh, and we've been getting far more to the sports betting angle of things too. I know the last couple of years we've been doing these. I've been writing articles for the, the prop bets. I'm hoping to do it again this year as well, too. Although sparingly, I am a father, right? It's going to take some time to uh, get those opportunities out there. So uh, a lot of different things at your disposal. Go to wire.com. Uh, check, out, check out the site. 
uh, then feel free to subscribe afterwards and uh, to anyone who wants that. You know, NFL, NBA, baseball, playoff lineups are out there. We've been we've been talking about that this week in the weekly uh, meeting. All that stuff is out there available for you guys to consume. Yeah, with the little one in your life, make sure you set the alarm clock and wake <laughs> up early on a Sunday. Your Packers playing across the pond, okay? Oh, so get, yeah, yeah. get some rest on Saturday. <laughs> I will do, guys. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you next Thanks, week. Man.